We Turned Out Okay is a show about children and families. You get to see into the mind of a child development expert, and you'll learn tons about kids and why they do what they do. It's for grown-ups, so it's not always G-rated. But it's almost always PG. And we'll let you know when it's PG-13 or higher. Also, you can expect some rabbit holes and detours. But we return to the topic at hand. Besides, rabbits are awesome. What have you got against rabbits? Anyway, sit back, relax, and prepare to learn about how to stay sane while raising your little kids. Enjoy the show! Come on, guys! We turned out okay. The modern parent's guide to old school parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hello and welcome to episode 265 of We Turned Out Okay. This is the show where we are always helping you change your child's behavior from bad to good, feel happy inside, and truly enjoy the time that you spend with your family. And I am Karen Locke Culp. I am your host. I'm also an expert in child development and a parent coach. I have an exclusive private coaching community called the Ninja Parenting Community, where I help parents with their most difficult and thorniest problems. And that is located at We Turned Out Okay, along with every single episode of this show and a lot of other resources that are free and and useful and also um, some books that I have written and all that is available at WeTurnedOutOkay.com. I am so excited that you are here with me today. This is the sixth episode or the sixth part of a series that I've been working on in these Just You and Me episodes, which Just You and Me episodes are like, it's just you and me and we're sitting and we're talking together. And uh, they contrast those with the guest episodes, which some episodes are guest episodes and some are Your Child Explained episodes where we really look into the minds of our kids and figuring out, figure out what's going on in there. Today's is, we're, look, we're thinking long term with this one. It, this is about how do we raise successful adults? How do we have kids who, you know, while they're little now and they are, it might be almost inconceivable to think that like someday they'll be out in the world doing things and and making a living for themselves and and being in relationships and and hopefully being happy, you know. Um, But that is what we are doing now is we're laying the groundwork for that. So there's a really famous um, documentary actually that's been going on for years and years it was originally called seven up. I will link to it in the show notes if I can find links to it, which I'm sure I will be able to. Um, these they're now basically every seven years from the time that these people were seven, these boys and girls were seven. They've been interviewed by a film crew and a documentarist. And um, I feel like the next one is going to be like, they're going to be 63, maybe something like that. So they're there. It's been, it's absolutely fascinating to watch fascinating fascinating and um anyway the reason i'm thinking about it is because the the documentarists came up with the idea he from an expression he had heard which was give me the child at seven and i will give you the man give me the boy at seven and i will give you the man and that's that's what we're doing here we're trying to understand wrap our minds around this idea that like right now we have a little kid and at the same time, we are trying to give that little kid the tools to be a happy, successful adult. And um, I'm really excited about this series because that's that's how we can dig into it. So today's is all about, I asked the question, how do our adult relationships affect our kids? And I found this, I guess I will say the cynic in me did not, was not surprised by this, but I read an article in um actually the 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 sort of the basis the kernel that started off this whole happy successful fulfilled kids series came from an article in the independent london or england's independent which is from october 30th no well it could be but that's when i that's actually when i 
when I printed, like on my, my printer paper, it says October 30th. I don't think that's when the article was from. But anyway, it's an article in The Independent. It is called, I'm going to just, if I can get to the beginning of it here. Don't you love when paper doesn't do what you want it to do? Okay. All right. This was from the London Independent. It is published was published on Friday, the 27th of November, 2015. And it's called Science Says Parents of Successful Kids Have These 11 Things in Common. So I definitely took a few of these, but more frequently, or at least as frequently, I've come up with my own because I think that um, I think that you can benefit from from some of the things that I'm sharing in addition to some of these things. So, so today's is today's section of the independent was called the independent article was called parents have healthy relationships with each other. And that's really what I want to get into today. Like your, your relationship with your child's parent, with your child's other parent, um, or if, you know, and or your the step parent type relationships that your child is. So if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, if you have a partner that lives with you, if you are remarried, um, if you are married for the first time, uh, your relationship with your spouse can have extremely big, uh, an extremely big impact on your kids. And as I say, that's not surprising. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to read you this section of the article because I think we can, we can continue talking after that. So children in high conflict families, whether intact or divorced, tend to fare worse than children of parents that get along, according to a University of Illinois study review. So by the way, I'm going to link to this independent article and I'm going to link to Robert Hughes Jr., the professor in question. Um, Robert Hughes Jr., professor and head of the Department of Human and Community Development at the University of Illinois and the study review author, also notes that some studies have found children in non-conflictual single-parent families fare better than children in conflictual two-parent families. The conflict between parents prior to divorce also affects children negatively, while post-divorce conflict has a strong influence on children's adjustment, Hughes says. One study found that after divorce, when a father without custody has frequent contact with his kids and there's minimal conflict, children fare better. But when there is conflict, frequent visits from the father are related to the poorer adjustment of children. Yet another study found that 20-somethings who experienced the divorce of their parents as children... St- Let me try that again. Yet another study found that 20-somethings who experienced the divorce of their parents as children still report pain and distress over their parents' divorce 10 years later. Young people who reported high conflict between their parents were far more likely to have feelings of loss and regret. So I just want to let all that sink in for a bit. That, that really... Ooh, that hits me as as um as tough reading if you happen to be in a relationship that is not a good relationship. And um if that is the case, I I I just hope that what you're hearing from me is um I, I just want you to know I, I'm trying to communicate things that will be helpful. Um I am we a few episodes ago we talked about angels versus balloon poppers and um I hope that you're thinking of me as an angel for bringing this up rather than a balloon popper for um, busting a balloon. (laughs) But this is, I think this is really, really important information. The cool thing is that there's something we can do about it, right? So this first part of the show, we're talking about the research and then we'll have our break. And then after the break, we're going to talk about like, what can you do about it if you are in a situation where this is, where, where this is happening, right? Um, so, so just thinking again a little bit more about the research that, and I don't, one thing I don't love about this independent article, and I think the reason for this must be that it's just so complex. We're not getting, there's no hard and clear facts. Like there's not 23% of this or 2% of that or whatever, um, which is, which is really too bad. But my guess is that that's because it's just a very, very big, huge, complex review of the studies. And then also the studies themselves are very, very complex. So maybe that's not true. Maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, anyway, if I, if I think about it during the break, what I will do is I 
like when I finished recording, I was so basically just a look behind the kimono here. I am recording this well in advance of when it's actually going to be published. And then the beauty of this is I, I'm now I've started doing uh, a break in the middle and breaks are not for sponsors. They are for me to tell you about like what's going on in the We Turned Out Okay universe and I, you know, I offer things like magic words for parents videos and, and they're free. Uh, they take place in our Facebook group every Monday morning. And I offer YouTube live, which are also free, but they're videos that are a more concise version of this kind of episode. And I know you've literally just heard that, or you will literally hear that in the break very soon. So I don't want to spend too much time on it, but, um, I'll tell you what they are that week, which is kind of exciting. But what I have successfully done once and what I will try to do here is to get you a little bit more information about these studies. So, um, oh, actually, I know what I'll do. All right. Share in break. Thank you very much for your patience as I write this down about the studies quoted in the independent. Okay. So that we, we have a little bit more information here for you. We'll see if that happens. Sometimes it can, I think, and sometimes it can't, but hopefully it will. So what this brings up for me actually is I was at physical therapy recently and I, my physical therapist happens to be a woman who's uh, divorced or one of the people who's working with me. And she was talking about how it was it was really contentious before they divorced and and ha- basically how that's better now which which made me feel really happy for her and as i read this i think to myself it's not just really good for her it's really good for the kids because it sounds like kids struggle a lot more with things like feelings of loss and regret based on the fighting and the conflict that came up in their parents relationship And I just think that's really, really interesting because I bet I can tell you for myself, whenever Ben and I have, uh, we don't ever have massive conflicts where we're swearing at each other or, you know, throwing things or whatever, but we do have disagreements and we sometimes have disagreements in front of the boys. And my hope is that when they have experienced a disagreement, you know, being present for a disagreement, that they have not experienced feelings of loss and regret. I think Ben and I really work really hard not to have that happen. So we have like a, we have like a code word that we can use to communicate. This is something we need to talk about at some other point. We need to leave off this right now. Um, we've worked really hard to make it so that our kids feel like Ben and I are in tune with each other and, um, and, that that any conflicts that we have, uh, we work out, we try to model like, how do you work out a conflict? You know, you respect the other person, that sort of thing. And so what we, I, I hope anyway, that that, that that is stopping feelings of loss and regret in our kids, because um, we are trying to model how do you, how are you, how do you be a good conflict resolver rather problem solver rather than a person who is going to just like bring stuff up and yell and scream and and that sort of thing but i do remember as a kid i think every every family even happy families have some moments of of extreme uh, you know of conflict and i when i think about those moments from my childhood loss and regret i mean that really I can see why a child of divorced parents or, or, or kids whose parents are staying together, even though they sort of hate each other or something like that. You do, you do come across people who do that. Um, I can see how that would make them feel loss and regret and maybe not even know where it comes from, because if it's been going on for so long, they might not, they literally might not know where it's coming from. That is crazy to think about, but certainly, certainly possible. So I feel like this has been a pretty good a pretty good review of like the problems, right? Um, what do you do about it if you are a thinking person who wants to not pass this sad legacy onto your kids? Well, we are going to get into that just after the break. So stay tuned and I will catch you on the flip side. Hello 
and welcome to The Break for episode 265. This is a super special show because it is in the successful kids category of podcast episodes I've been doing recently. And this particular one is about healthy relationships as adults and what do our relationships do and mean for our kids. And I say in here that I want to get into, if I can find any research, any more research um, done by the guy who who I talk about in the in the show, the episode itself, that I will do that. And um, I'm excited to report that I did find something. I think it's really cool. It's it's a paper by Robert Hughes, who's a professor at the University of Illinois. And uh, it's called The Effects of Divorce on Children. And what this paper is basically is called, it's this is a thing called a review of the literature. So if you um, have ever spent any time in academia, I'm sure you know a lot about reviews of the literature. And this is one that uh, Dr. Hughes and his, I'm sure his like staff of grad students and people um, spent some time understanding the effects of divorce on children as shown through different studies. And so what he does here is he summarizes these studies and talks about like the th- main themes in them and um, the conclusions that you can reasonably draw with this evidence. And so I'm going to just read the beginning of it and then I'm going to get into the part that I think is most pertains most to what this episode is about. Uh, just before I do, I want to say, uh, you, you know, longtime listeners will know this already. Breaks, I do not use breaks for uh, sponsorships or, or whatever. I don't accept sponsorships for We Turned Out Okay. Instead, what I do is I try to share a little bit about what's going on in the We Turned Out Okay universe. And um, that means that sometimes I get to bring you cool stuff like this. So uh, so that's that's what we're doing. This, this might be a little bit of a longer break because I wanted to bring you this study. So, um, so uh, yeah. All right. So I'll get into it. Robert Hughes writes, probably one of the most frequently asked questions over the last two decades about family life has been, is divorce harmful to children? Although this may seem like a very important question, I would suggest that it's time to examine a more important question, which is, what are the factors in divorcing families that contribute to children having difficulties? And what are the factors that foster children's adaptation? In this paper, I will review several explanations for why children have difficulty and the scientific evidence regarding these factors. So, uh, so in the Independent, the um, the the article that I reference in episode two sixty five, this episode of the show, uh, they really only we're honing in on the relationships that parents have and how those relationships focus, uh, not focus, uh, help their kids, right? And or or hurt their kids. And so I want to jump to a part um, about summarizing some of these, these, these things that that are going to pertain to this episode. So uh, let's look at what we know about what causes the differences between children in different types of families. Um, One way to think about this is I'm reading from what he's writing, I'm kind of summarizing now from what um, from what is written in this paper. One way to think about this is to consider the risks that may cause difficulties for children. Paul Amato in a 1993 study and Kelly and Emery in 2003 indicate that there are several types of risks that may contribute to children's difficulties. These are number one, parental loss, the idea that you don't have both parents in the home anymore. So your child is suffering from that. Economic loss is number two. Um, Lots of times kids move into poverty when they are in a single parent home. Um, That happens a lot of the time. (laughs) Uh, So it says another result of divorce is that children living in single parent families are less likely to have as many economic resources as children living in intact families. And if you think about it, there's got to be two households set up. Now you don't have a concentration of resources anymore. Instead, what you have is um, you need two mattresses (laughs) for each kid, right? Not just one because they are... um, because they're going to need a, a room in each house or a, a, a space to sleep in each in each home. So, um, yeah, so economic loss is another one. More life stress. Divorce often results in many changes in children's living situations, such as changing schools, childcare homes, etc. Uh, you know what I'm going to link to, actually, that I'm just thinking of? Uh, quite a while ago, I did a, an, an interview with a woman named Brandy Wikely, who is um, a parenting expert in Canada. And um, one of my favorite things about our conversation is she really shared a lot about the living situation that she has with her 
ex-husband, uh, which is they live next door to each other um, in the same neighborhood in Toronto. And um, their kids don't have the kinds of stresses that was spoken about in here. So let me just um, make sure that I write down Brandy Wikely. Okay. That is, makes it much more likely that actually gets into the show notes. <laughs> uh, so more life stress is something that can happen in divorced families. Poor parental adjustment. Generally, how children fare in families is due in part to the mental health of the parents. Thus, is likely this is likely to be true for children in divorced families as well. So it can be much harder to adjust to the differing circumstances, changing circumstances for parents of divorce, uh, for parents in a, going through a divorce. And I think that's what they mean by that. Um, lack of parental competence. So this is, this is so interesting to me. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with what we are talking about in this episode. Uh, every single one of you is competent, I, I believe. Much of what happens to children, they write, in general is related to the skill of parents in helping them develop. The competence of parents following divorce is likely to have considerable influence on how the children are doing. Oh, okay. So, all right. I, I, I think that's an interesting it does get into adult relationships, our adult relationships, because if we are not feeling competent in 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 teaching our kids, um, in, de- in the development of our kids, then then that's that's not going to get any better going through a divorce. It, you know, in the short term, it may get worse because you've got you've just got so many things to cope with, right? And then uh, number six is exposure, and this is the one I really want to get into. Exposure to conflict between parents. Conflict is frequently part of families and may be especially common in families that have undergone divorce. The degree to which children are exposed to conflict may have substantial effects on children's well-being. And again, I'm really thinking of Brandy Wikely because um, she talks about how she and her ex-husband had both been through, lived as children through terrible divorces. And they said to themselves, we are never going to put our children through that. And and they they overcame the conflicts because they wanted to make sure that that their kids had um didn't have that horrible, horrible stress that they had when they were when they were kids. So, uh, and I'm also thinking of a of a mom in our ninja parenting community. Her name is Mama Llama. Well, that's what she, she, that's not her name, of course. That's what she calls herself in the forums, though. And um, we have seen her and and helped her have a better relationship with her son's ex. And um, I'm so, I'm just so, I love it. Like we've gone from when she first joined, um, she she really struggled with with um, some aspects of of raising her son with a, with a parenting. She always, she's always very supportive in the forums and, and she used language that was really wonderful. Um, you know, she would talk about him as a parenting partner and that kind of thing, but we've sort of evolved from this tentative, like, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm, we are having some struggles trying to make this amicable was, was how I, I had felt about it to like the point where, so she's mama llama. We've started calling her son, little llama and recently, um, Mama Lama and and her uh, her parenting partner, her ex husband, have had to um, really work together <clears throat> to solve a huge childcare issue in their son's life. And um, and I just am so proud of her. And we're now calling him in the forums. We're calling him Daddy Lama. I mean, like it's just. They've figured this out. And I'm so, Mama Lama, if you're listening, I'm so proud of you. Um, and I'm so glad that 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 this is kind of working for you. And um yeah, so so exposure to conflict between parents is is I think the the crux of why I wanted to bring this up, why I wanted to dig a little bit deeper. So here we have the actual wording. And in this paper, what they do is they talk about the review of the literature that shows the evidence. Um that it, you know, conflict between parents is a big, big problem. There's there could be more of it in divorce after a divorce. It can have and it can have substantial effects on a kid's well being. So anyway, that's what I wanted to share with you. Um, that's kind of my like deep, uh, deep dive into the literature about this, and um, I hope it's helpful. All right. So the other parts of the break, um, I really look forward to this every week, getting to talk to you about um the things that are going on in the We Turned Out Okay universe. And I want to start with 
the Magic Words for Parents video that I do for free every week in our Facebook group, the We Turned Out Okay Facebook group, which you can get to. Uh, you can get to everything I'm going to talk about by going to weturnedoutokay.com slash 265. But you can also just go to facebook.com slash weturnedoutokay, and that will bring you to the um, the place where you can you can click a button and become a member of the We Turned Out Okay Facebook group. And then you can be here on Monday mornings at 1030 EST, uh, which is New York time, New York, Boston time. Um, that's when I do these magic words for parents. They are like five minutes or less quick videos. Um, and this week, what I did yesterday in real time was I wanted to share two phrases to help you in conflict resolution. Um, I try to connect the magic words for parents, the YouTube live that I'll talk about in just a minute. Uh, these, these other, the podcast, which is free with the, with the free magic words for parents and the free YouTube live so that you've got like, you've got other resources that are, um, that just give you a different angle, maybe, um, something else to try as you are going through life and, and, you know, figuring these things out. So hopefully that, that can be helpful. Anyway, um, the magic words for parents is about two phrases for conflict resolution and um, it is, again, free, and it it's already up in the, if all has gone well, it's already up in the um, Facebook group for you to to watch. And maybe, maybe you were lucky enough to be there, um, because that's always fun, too, when, when I get uh, some of our Facebook members at the, at, the, uh, at the Magic Words for Parents videos. Okay, and then the next thing is each Thursday, I do a YouTube Live. Um, I do them on Thursday mornings. Usually it's quite early, like seven or so in the morning. Um, and if you are a subscriber to my YouTube channel, you will get notification that I'm going live. So um, if you, I don't know how many of you have seven o'clock in the morning <laughs> on a weekday morning as a time when you can really do it. That's the time when it's worked out best for me to do it. Um, but if you do, and you could be there this coming Thursday, I'm going to do a YouTube live called How Does My Relationship Affect My Kids? And by this, I meant like, how does my parenting partner or my significant other, you know, my like, my my husband, my, my, uh, my wife, my partner, how does that relationship affect the development of our kids? And um, as I said, it will be live on Thursday at some point. You can go right to these show notes because I embed these in the show notes. So you'll see if it's been live, you'll get to, you'll get to watch it. Um, if it hasn't been live yet, you'll get to know how long it will be until it does go live. Um, at least approximately, cause it's all based on 7am on Thursday morning EST. Um, so, you know, maybe you'll get to be there live for that. That, that would be really, really cool. Uh, and that's some of the things that are going on, um, in the We Turned Out Okay universe. Another thing is, um, I've had to reschedule Trisha Tomazo. um, her birthday weekend was going to be the weekend that we were going to record, um, our second Ask the Experts episode. Um, so if you go back to episode numeral 248, you can hear the, the, the round one of Ask the Experts. And, um, so Trisha, we're, we're rescheduling now. I would say that you can, at the very least, you can get your questions in by February 13th, which if you're listening in real time, this is the Wednesday after this podcast episode drops. But definitely, definitely do that. Um, we Trisha's amazing. She's got amazing responses about anything that has to do with little kids, um, with schooling, with with parenting them, with raising them. We answered questions about like, we answered questions about bedtime and um, introverted parents and extroverted kids. And um Oh, so much more. I mean, I, you know, and I'm so looking forward. We've got some really good questions lined up already. And um, you should get yours in by going to uh, weturnedoutokay.com slash contact or just email me karen at weturnedoutokay. Um, weturnedoutokay.com. Sorry, karen at weturnedoutokay.com. So um, we would love, love, love to hear your questions. And as I said, we will be recording sometime after the 13th. Um, and I will give you a further update if it's going to be if it's going to be bumped out anymore. Hopefully not, but um, but at the very least, get us your questions so that we can answer them there. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is how um, cool it is that we have Ben's voice at the top of the podcast. So if you'll if you'll notice, you're starting to hear with these newer episodes um, a cameo by my husband and our producer. Uh, and what we want to do with that, the whole point of that was to let you know that this is a long form show and that when you listen, you're going to be able to get some amazing insight into why your child does 
what he or she does and to what you can do in response to it. Um, I, I'm a parent coach. I'm an expert in child development. Um, I really know my stuff and I know how to help you. And um, this is where you get to hear my thinking. And I love that. But I want to, I've, I've developed a few ways now where you can get um, something quick and dirty that's going to help you a lot in a fast time period. So um, they're free, concise, free guides. Um, they consist of a video, like a 10 minute video, somewhere around there, and a checklist. Um, and then there will be other resources after that as well, because automatically I get to deliver things into your inbox. Um, and also that, that signing up for either of the free guides that I'm about to share what they are also gets you um into our email group, which I send a weekly parenting email. And that is also full of really cool free stuff um, that I think you might find helpful in your parenting journey. So um, one of the one of the free guides is called How to Handle Every Temper Tantrum. I give you, again, a checklist, a video, um, some really good structures and strategies that you can implement right now, as soon as you have watched the video, as soon as you've read the checklist, and you can start feeling better about the tantrums. They're going to happen. Developmentally, they're necessary. <laughs> uh, that's actually one of the things that we talk about. Kids need temper tantrums. As, as frustrating as that is, they need them. They're, they're, a, they're a developmental thing. And um, so I teach you how to handle them better uh, and, and how to, you know, kind of get through that time. And uh, so that's one of the free guides. The other one is about successful potty training under pressure. Um, and then there is the the third one is just the weekly parenting email where I've, I work really hard each week to to create a piece of writing for you that will help you in your parenting week, help you in your life, help you feel happy inside. Um, and the cool thing is to get these, you do not even have to leave this podcatcher where you're listening to me. You can scroll down in the show notes for today. And um, there's links to each of these, the Handle Every Temper Tantrum free guide, the Successful Potty Training free guide, and the weekly parenting email, because I wanted to give you a way um, to just quickly, super quickly, um, start getting what you need in terms of um, helping you in your parenting. So so there's that. Uh, I need to share about the Ninja Parenting Community's quarterly focus, which right now in the um, the first quarter here of 2019, it is all about childcare communication. So I there's a forum now in NPC, which is called Quarterly Parent Focus. And within that, I am building forums as we as we create these, I am building forums for, for example, childcare communication. Siblings is coming up in the second quarter of um, 2019, we're going to do a whole in-depth about how to handle siblings, sibling rivalry, sibling relations is, is what it's actually called. Um, these are deep dives. And the cool thing is you can dive into them along with us. You can, you can view and uh, get all the resources from past parent quarterly focuses. Um, one of them, I wasn't thinking about it at the time, but one of them turns out to be about potty training. I've got a whole entire um, uh, months of, of, of uh, great stuff about potty training in the, in the ninja parenting community. And, um, I, you know, for example, there's a whole course, like a, a course with a bunch of modules and notes and worksheets and a social story and things that will help you in the moment when you're super, super frustrated with potty training. And you can get all of that um, and so much more because the other thing is um, it's not just about the quarterly focuses or the courses. It's about the daily kinds of help and advice I can give you um, in the, in, in the community with the struggles you're having like right now. So um, there are forums for writing about, uh, asking questions about what you need help with immediately in the moment. And um, I'm I'm in there every day. I'm in the forums every day. I'm always posting new stuff, but I'm also always responding. More importantly, I think I'm responding to people's questions and I am helping them uh, with their everyday challenges. And if you want that kind of help, you can totally get it by going to weturnedoutokay.com slash join NPC. I do have to say I am limiting it to 10 new members per quarter. So um, as I'm recording this, there is still room. Um, it's possible that when you get to the website, you might, you, when you get to 
facebook.com slash join NPC. You may find that um, uh, it's full and I'm asking you to be, uh, you know, put on a waiting list. If that's the case, join the waiting list and then I'll let you know. And um, when I open it up next quarter, um, you'll be able to join then. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's all I want to say about that. Um, thank you so much for sharing the show. If you're getting something out of this show, this free show that I do to give back to the parenting community, please, please, please share it with a friend. Uh, or with a parenting group that you belong to um, that you think people might get something out of. Thank you also for subscribing to the show. That means you get every episode that I do, including bonus episodes. They land right in your podcatcher. It's so much fun. Um, you get to do that happy dance when a show that you love ends up in your, you know, lands in your in your podcatcher. And thanks so much also for rating and reviewing the show. Um, they really guide us. The, the feedback that we get really, really guides us. And if you're loving the show, um, a, a good rating and review can help get it in front of other uh, listeners. So please consider that. Um, and thank you so much. All right, here we go back to the show. You can hear the rest of um, the episode about healthy relationships and why they're important. Okay, back from the break. And if you remember, just as a refresher, we were talking about uh, how our adult relationships affect our kids, specifically if we are in a relationship that is good with our partner or if we are in a relationship where there is conflict with our partner or our ex-partner, um, that has some pretty profound effects on kids well into their adulthood. So for example, a study that found that 20-somethings who experienced divorce of their parents as children still report pain and distress over their parents' divorce 10 years later. Young people who reported high conflict between their parents were far more likely to have feelings of loss and regret. And to me, what this does is it makes me think, that that if I was reading this and I was in a place where I was in a relationship with conflict and, and pain, I would, I would hope that I would try to determine, is this a relationship that is, is not working? I guess that's really the first question. Is this relationship working or not working in the aggregate? And second of all, what can I do about it? So um, maybe the conclusion is, I'm part of the problem here. So I need to become part of the solution instead. Uh, we're going to get back into that in just a minute. But maybe maybe another thing is to say, okay, um, I need to leave this relationship. Like maybe that's a conclusion that somebody would come to. And uh, it sounds like even in even after a divorce, if if kids are seeing, so this this was done with with dads, uh, versus like all parents, but um, it sounds like, at least for for when when kids spend more time with their dads, uh, or after they've spent time with their dads, if they have frequent time with their dads, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get my thoughts in order here, and they there is conflict between the parents post divorce, then then those kids are still going to feel those feelings of pain and loss and regret, whereas if the uh, problems can be amicably worked out between the, the divorced parents, it sounds like they're going to fare better. So maybe uh, leaving or, you know, initiating a separation or a divorce is a thing that you would consider doing if you're in a relationship that's that's hard. And um, if you do that, you can sort of maybe see a glimpse of light <laughs> into the future where you won't have, you can either limit the amount of conflict after your divorce, or you can limit the amount of contact your kids have with, or you have with your, with the, with the kid's father so that they're not seeing that kind of conflict. And, um, that sounds like it would, you know, there's a possibility that that would work in, you know, based on this article as well. So I, I really wanted to, if your conclusion is whether your conclusion is I need to leave this person. I need to get out of this relationship or not, whether it's to stay, to basically stay and, and work on the conflicts and, and learning to be a, a better problem solver and learning to work specifically with that person, you know, the, the parent of the other parent of your children, whatever. Um, it sounds like either way, the point is we need, we need that to be amicable. We need that to be non-conflictual is actually a word that was in here. That's one, one whole word, non-conflictual. I'd never heard that word before. Um, 
And so I wanted to try and give you a couple of resources to start with if, you, if, if you're in this situation and you want to give it a try. Um, the first one that, that I think of is, is a, a mindset, a tool to understand what people need when, I guess is really how to think of this. So I, I've learned about, um, it's, a, it's a chart, basically it's called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And I, I, I think of this as a resource because I'm going to include this image in the show notes for this episode. So you can go to weturned.ok.com slash 265 and check this out. As well as reading, what I try to do with, with um, every episode is to have at least some, some, some crib notes for you um, so that if you want to read about, uh, you know, get a sense of like some of the main ideas from an episode, you can go there and, and do that. So, um, so anyway, this picture will be there. It's an image of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I'm including it as a resource because I want you to be able to, to look at yourself, your own feelings of, you know, within yourself and decide where am I here? Where am I in higher Maslow's hierarchy of needs? And, um, to use it as a bit of a springing off point. So, okay. So physiological needs are at the very bottom of this pyramid shaped thing. So in other words, before you can progress, you need to have fulfilled this base layer of the pyramid. And the first one is physiological needs, air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction is considered a physiological need. Um, so those are the needs that need to be fulfilled before you can move on to the next level, which is safety needs, personal security, employment, resources, health, property are the, are the safety needs. And then we need to have both of those fulfilled before we move on to the next level of the pyramid, which is love and belonging, friendship, intimacy, family, sense of connection. And then the next level up, according to Maslow, is esteem respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, and freedom. And then the tippy top one um, is self-actualization, the desire to become the most that one can be. So in other words, before you can have, for example, esteem for yourself, uh, before you can have free to feel free, you need to have your physiological needs secured. You need to have your safety needs taken care of, and you need to feel loved, love and belonging. You need to feel connections with other people. And, um, and then self-actualization is even above that you need above esteem. So I, I include that as a resource, as I said, because I want, I like when people can have a, a name to put to something like, so, so if this was an idea that you were having trouble expressing, I like for you to be able to have a way of expressing it. And maybe looking at this will help you figure out where is your starting point? You know, so if you're, if you are in a relationship that is, is bad and there's, there is a lot of conflict in it and you feel belittled and you feel diminished and you feel um, unhappy and you don't feel like you have a voice, then, then, then there's, you're, you're stuck right at the, if not the safety needs for personal security, certainly at the love and belonging needs, like you're not fulfilling your need for love and belonging. And I think that's just useful information. It's good to know <laughs> if that makes any sense. So that's one resource that I have. And then the other one, as you're kind of thinking about, about all this is um, if you're thinking on how do I improve a relationship with a loved one? And I also feel that it is true that you can love somebody who, who isn't, um, as, as I guess, as far up on the hierarchy of needs as you are, or who, you know, we, we just love who we love. Um, and I think, well, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm saying that, uh, I, I guess we can't help who we're attracted to put it that way, but knowing that we are attracted to a person who is in, in their heart, a good person, uh, in other words, knowing that this is a relationship upon which we want to work, <laughs> that's where this next resource is going to come in um, because we can choose, you know, who we fall in love with, I guess. 
Um, although I think it's harder to choose who we're going to be attracted to because there are some sort of natural things in that. But, um, but hopefully the person that you are attracted to is also the person who is a good person and who you are in love with and all that good stuff. Or, you know, maybe you're somewhere else in this whole thing. Maybe you're looking for that person right now. And, um, I think understanding this next stuff about yourself and, and thus being able to, uh, communicate it to your partner eventual or current. Um, I think that's really important or past actually, as I think about it, if you've got kids with, with a former partner that you, you know, need to still work with, I think this is a way to think about it. So this resource is called the five love languages, how to express heartfelt commitment to your mate. And I've actually talked about this book before, uh, in terms of understanding your love language. In other words, the, the, the way that you feel and the way that is most instinctual for you to give love. I've talked about this in relationship to the kids as well, because to your kids, because um, if you know what they like and, and will feel most grateful for and will feel most loved when you provide it, I think that's really, really good and important. It's not just spouses. It's, it's the people in your life that you love and, and into yourself as well. So um, it's written by Gary Chapman and it outlines, I'm reading from Wikipedia, it outlines the five ways to express and experience love that Chapman calls love languages. And the love languages are these following five. Receiving gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and physical touch. And I've read this before. And, um, I don't, I, you know, I'm not completely up on like all of them and all the different qualities of them or anything like that, but I can tell you that what resonates most with me, my love language, it turns out is quality time. And so when Ben and I get to spend an afternoon together, um, we've been doing this thing every Sunday where we, we, um, or every weekend, I should say it's not always Sunday, but we take, uh, a walk together, we get coffee together or tea, we we spend just a couple hours just together, just because, just because we're married to each other and we, we like each other's company. And um, it's awesome for me. And uh, for Ben, I... I'm not sure anymore what his what he would say his love language is, but I think one of the one of the one of the most important ones for him must be quality time because it was his idea that we do this and it it does seem to be helping him, you know. Um but acts of service is is a very common one for particularly the the housekeeper, like the 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 at-home person or the you know, the person who does more of the busy work of running a household. If, if someone were to give them an act of service as a gift, um, they love that, right? So don't, don't worry about the laundry. I'm going to fold it. Like here I am folding the laundry. Um, when, when your partner takes on without even asking, you know, um, the cooking or the cleaning or the whatever, uh, that can feel so good to a lot of people. Um, and I mean, physical touch is one of those things. It can be just being close to somebody. It can be holding hands. It can be, uh, you know, it can be anything like that. So, so knowing what your love language is and relating it to your spouse or your partner or your ex-partner or your future, your, your future partner's love language is a way to help, um, reduce conflict because say I'm a person who my love language is acts of service and my spouse is continually uh, giving me words of affirmation. Well, the words of affirmation might be their love language, but if they're saying to me, you're so good, you're so kind, you're so wonderful, I love you. And I'm thinking to myself, boy, I really wish that they would just fold the laundry. <laughs> like you can have miscommunications versus in your love language. And so for the person who's, who loves words of affirmation to give the person who loves and who loves acts of service, the gift of acts of service, that's really remarkable. And then for that person to, to in turn give the, the, the spouse who loves words of affirmation, words of affirmation. I mean, that, that can make people feel really, really, really in tune with each other and very connected and very happy together. And those are the, uh, the kind of things I, I wanted to focus on this week, because I just wanted, as I said, for you to have some resources in your, 
adult relationships if you're feeling like your adult relationships need some attention, I guess. And I think that probably includes all of us. Uh, one of the reasons that we started having our time together on on the weekends is because we were feeling like we were a little out of sync. You know, we were not quite, we weren't serving each other as best as we could and we and, and our relationship was kind of suffering for it. So I would say that even if you are in the most wonderful, perfect, new or old relationship, um, I just want to say thank you for listening, first of all. And uh, second of all, if you are still listening, I think it's probably because it's resonated and and you felt like you needed just a little idea about how to um, move forward in improving relationships. Because and the, and the cool thing is that this is not just going to be beneficial for us. It's beneficial for the kids because they are living in a world where there's there's less conflict or conflicts that are solved in a respectful fashion that are not that don't develop into um, blowouts where, you know, somebody is, is just demeaning or, or, or hurting physically or, or verbally somebody else. Um, so that we are not in fostering those feelings of loss and regret that kids report feeling, uh, when they're, when their parents have conflicts in their, in their marriage and in their life. So, um, so I hope I hope this has been a really good and useful one for you. I um, I really want to say thank you so much for listening, for being here. It means so much to me that you are along on this ride and uh, that I have knowledge that you are finding useful. I mean, honestly, it's a lifesaver for me because I I just I like being helpful. I want to change the world with kindness, teamwork, and trust. And um. And this is a big part of that. So I, I, I just thank you for, for being here with me. And I have a special thanks today to our producer, the 21-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, Benjamin Kolb. He's the man who not only produces our show, he does the voice at, at the top of the show. It's his voice that you hear at the top of the show. And um, and he's just, there's so much else that's, that's good about my Ben. And uh, today I want to thank him for for consciously working on our partnership and I want to say thank you, Ben, for doing that, both for us and for our kids, because uh, from what I'm reading, it sounds like they have a much more likely to be successful outcome because of the work that you have put into our relationship. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you again so much for listening. uh, And we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to We Turned Out Okay. I want a date to Australia. Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com, where you'll find show notes and more. What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. Theater, 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 theater,